Hello, and welcome back to Why Morocco, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to spotlighting some of the inspiring creative personalities who share my love of the North African Kingdom of Morocco. Before we start, my name's Mandy Sinclair, known online as Mandy in Morocco. And on this podcast, I'm inviting listeners to sit back and listen in on the conversations with some of the creatives I meet while living in Marrakesh. It's my hope that you'll leave feeling inspired to pay a visit or motivated to start planning that trip to the Kingdom of Morocco. For the first episode of 2019, I decided to sit down with my friend Cassie Karinski, one of the co-owners of the New Gillies restaurant Plus 61. Cassie's an entrepreneur here in Marrakesh and has owned a few businesses since arriving here 13 years ago. She has a go-get-it attitude, which is something I admire about her. She takes risks, she's grateful and appreciative, she's inspired and inspiring, and she loves to create. Cassie invited me to the opening of Plus 61 back in September 18, and I've been a fan ever since. With a changing menu using the freshest ingredients, a laid-back but attentive staff, and an interior that is nothing short of inspiring, this restaurant is quickly becoming a hotspot in Marrakesh. And it's only a couple blocks from my house, making it the perfect option when I just don't feel like preparing lunch. So I was delighted to stop by for a pot of tea and chat about what it takes to open a restaurant in Marrakesh and what keeps Cassie here after 13 years. So thank you for taking the time to meet with me and in such a gorgeous space. Um, Plus 61 is not only like a lunchtime hotspot, but it's really making waves in the international press. Yes, I'm very lucky with that. Yes. Amazing. Because weren't you just in the Vogue? Or what did I see you Uh, in? We were in Bell Magazine, which is a great Mm -hmm. interior design magazine in Australia, and also in Gourmet Traveller, which is a big food magazine in, in Australia. Yes, we've been really lucky with that. Amazing. But not in Vogue. I haven't seen, oh, I don't know. I thought it was in Vogue. Okay, I'm going to have a I look. I double check that. But I think it's um, it's great, and I love that you called it Plus 61, the country code for Australia, and then you're dubbing yourself as an Australian restaurant in Marrakesh. Yes. Well, we, had, we, had, we went through so many different names. Um, we sort of did that whole marrying, you know, like we're going to do Maroz. Like M O R R O Z, like Morocco and Oz, Australia. Mm-hmm. But then that meant, you know, had different meaning for French. It might mean Morose, Sat. So we had a bunch of different names, and everything had a meaning either in French or Arabic that just didn't work. So mm-hmm. a friend of mine came up with the name Plus 61. I love yeah, it. And I was like, that's it. Yeah. It's so it, catchy. It works in every language, and yeah. 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 So it's called the calling code. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. tell me, like, walk me through the process of opening a restaurant here. How easy is it, or like, what did you... Because you've opened restaurants in Australia before. I've helped people... Yeah, I've, not myself, but I've helped other people open up restaurants in Australia. Um, I don't know. I find it... I've never... Everyone's been amazed at me um, moving here and that being challenging, but I've never found... Mm-hmm. I've never found the whole challenge. I mean, I just I find it exciting and more yeah. just the thrill of it. I don't know. But the, the restaurant itself, the challenging aspects, I think, has been more... Um, well, finding a location too, that's been really hard. There's not many mm-hmm. spaces in this area mm-hmm. um, available. So that was that was a difficult aspect. But um, the construction and fit up was hard. Really? That Why? was really difficult. Finding the right people, the tradesmen to work with. Um, also for the design aspect of the of the interiors, you can't really find um, there's not a one-stop shop here. You can't mm-hmm. just go and buy your chairs and your tables. And, yeah. you know, a lot of everything, every element in here we have to design and make. 
cut down to like the the ceramics, the plates, um, the chairs, um, finding the fabric for napkins. I mean, everything had to have everything had to have a personal. But that just seems like your passion. I enjoy doing it, but when you've got mm-hmm. so many other, so many other, like the list yeah. is just miles long. We've got to think about uh-huh. staff and training, and I mean, there's. I, I wish I could have gone somewhere and just picked, you know, picked yeah. out a chair and had it made. I mean, just mm-hmm. bought, you know, sixty chairs. I mean, it's, it's it's more rewarding. It's been challenging, and it's been frustrating and exhausting. But I, now I can sit here and just see it pay off. I mean, uh-huh. pe- there's people see the details now. And that's that's rewarding. 100%. Because it's not yeah. just, I feel it's not just about the food here. It's the the fresh design. Like, it, it's not clutter. It's just a very refined. I think it has to be back. that. I mean, Marrakesh, is, it's it's a sensory overload. It smells, mm-hmm. you know, sounds, colors. Um, and here we've pared back quite a bit, but it's, it's, it is very Australian style. I mean, to me, it's very Sydney fresh. And it has to reflect the food as well. It has to be the food to me. Sydney food to me is very produce-driven. It's uncomplicated. Mm-hmm. Um, we we really respect the produce we have and don't overcook it or it's not heavy with sauces or creams. And the interior had to reflect that a lot. It had to, yeah, just sophisticated and fresh, clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you were saying about how it was hard to find a location. For me, I love that you opened something in Gillies because there's just so many contemporary designers and art galleries. And people, I feel like they go to the Yves Saint Laurent Museum, like maybe one other cafe that's well-known, but they miss everything else that's part of Gillies. Yeah, I agree. There's not much. Yeah, because there are a lot of great museums here. Mm-hmm. It is more contemporary. But mm-hmm. I also find we, we really wanted to hit... I mean, I've, I've lived here for 13 years. I'm a local. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to hit that. Just because I live in Galiz and I know the expat community and the locals, there is, like I said, there's a lack of fresh food in this area. There's, there's, some, there's some interesting little restaurants in the Medina. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted something really accessible and easy for a lot of the locals more and the expats. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are getting a lot more tourists here. Um, and... The reason why I have to have an Australian in the kitchen, you know, I, I chatted a number of times my, with my business partner that we, you know, to put just put a Moroccan in the kitchen. We can train them on the food that I know from Australia. But it's it's a mentality. It's a mm-hmm. it's a lifestyle, you know, a mentality mm-hmm. lifestyle and an attitude towards food that I needed a professional Australian in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Also, because we really we really have a lot of regular customers that come in. Like two or three yeah. times a week. That's a lot mm-hmm. of um, local Moroccans. Yeah. Has to be consistent. It's so you true. need that watchful eye in there. I think you really have, like, found the spot, just created a little hot spot. Yeah, we're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. I mean, we hope we have our liquor license next week, and it's going to be, I really want to add that next level onto uh-huh. what we have to offer. Um, so then will that so mean you'll be open every evening? or We'll be open every evening, Monday through <clears throat> Saturdays, mm-hmm. lunch and dinner, close okay. on Sunday. And with the potential, hopefully, to take a space next door here for a little cocktail bar, which will have like a self-contained little uh-huh. um, bar kitchen, which will do like great little yeah. shared little tapas mm-hmm. plates and really fresh, clean food as well in there. But okay, so you've been living here for thirteen years, as you said. But what inspired you to finally open a restaurant here? Well, I moved here to open a restaurant. Oh, that was your original plan. I, I first came here in nineteen ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. And I traveled the country for four months, and my last 
last last last stop was Marrakesh, and I was just, at that point I was just over the food. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, and I had been in the restaurant business for many years. I mean, I've come from the restaurant business in Australia, and um, and at that time I was living in Chicago in managing a restaurant. And I always wanted to do my own restaurant, and I just thought there was a definite need here for something a bit more Western, incorporating a bit more Moroccan flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that idea back, I mean, almost 22 years ago, and I was traveling back and forth after I left here. I'd read, a, I'd read in gourmet travel in Australia, new restaurants that had just opened, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my God, someone's doing what I want to do, and I'd fly over here and research it, and then I'm like, okay, no, it's not good, I'm okay. <laughs> I finally moved in 2005 and thought, okay, I'm going to do this. My original plan was to find a Riyadh in the Medina mm-hmm. and do like a lunch-style restaurant and have um, do like very clean Australian-style food but incorporating more Moroccan flavours, like a beautiful mm-hmm. lamb sandwich with like maybe harissa mayonnaise and doing mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and I wanted to – I had 12 very well-known American and Australian chefs on board, famous chefs, that I wanted to bring a guest chef once a month to do like a weekend Mm-hmm. of their food incorporating Moroccan flavours. So that was my original idea. And that was, I had that idea, like I said, 22 years ago to do this, like a guest chef. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's doing sort of pop-up, mm-hmm. the guest chef things. But yeah. I got distracted here and I met another Australian girl. We started doing caftans and then I was doing a bit of interior styling. And, and then I kept complaining about the food here and someone said to me, just, just do your restaurant. And there was Sebastian who said, come on, let's just do it together and... I'm doing it. Amazing. 15 so years later after <laughs> moving here. Yeah. And what inspired you to finally just make the plunge? I think I just, I've had numerous businesses here and I have a great company mm-hmm. with the rugs that I love, but I just, uh, I just, I'm, I'm always, I need to be stimulated and challenged mm-hmm. and I just needed something else in my life to, to yeah. uh, excite me and. Yeah, I mean, now I don't know <laughs> why I did it, but no, I'm. Mean, it's good. It's, good. it's still early days, but because it's, it's only days. been open since what September, right? I think we're going. We're going into our fifth month. I think so it's past brilliant. Four months, yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, it's been great. The, the mm-hmm. response. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I'm incredibly grateful for everyone who's come here mm-hmm. and everyone's absolutely. walked out of here yeah. happy in the service and uh-huh. you know and and the staff finding the staff. I mean, most of these guys were got in the kitchen and on the floor have been with us since day one mm-hmm. which is really amazing to me and mm-hmm. I just I'm just incredibly grateful for all of them and I've just watched how they've grown and how we've grown as a business and the pro- the progress we've made it's mm-hmm. been it's been challenging I mean you think when I run restaurants in New York or America or Australia I mean when we hire staff I mean these are people who they go out and they eat and they drink mm-hmm. and they they have a, a standard of what mm-hmm. they expect and what they know service to be but mm-hmm. So actually, we just had some of the wait staff today. There was five of them. Um, they came in for lunch. So I'm telling them, I'm giving them days off to come in as a group, have lunch. Like three of them came the other day. And we give them exactly the same. So they come to the door, we sit them down to when they leave. And it's they've got to ask the waiters questions. I want them to make notes. We're having a meeting after. Like, did they forget to take the salt off the table? I mean, they, I mean it gives them a, it's an involvement for them. I guess them. Yeah, and they're very mm-hmm. grateful for that experience, and but I think it's all it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you said that you've been wanting this for so long. So you finally done it, and obviously, food and the ingredients that you use are super important. So how hard Definitely. was it, or easy, or what made opening a restaurant here more unique than in other places? I wouldn't say it comes down to the food. I mean, we've been very fortunate with um, 
three people we work with for vegetables and produce. I mean, mm-hmm. um, the guys are Janan Tamsner and Amanda from Rurika Kitchen. Um, we've been very fortunate with that. I mean, again, I mean, you know, the availability is much easier, yeah. um, better in Australia with the contacts we had. But mm-hmm. I think, Andrew, the seafood, everything's been really good. I mean, yeah. we haven't had... No. We've been able to get really good produce. I feel like the quality, you've really nailed it on the head here. But you know what I think that is? I think it's the, t- the cooking, Andrew's mm-hmm. cooking. It's not mm-hmm. overcooking. It's respecting that ingredient. Not, I mean, we get these beautiful bio beets and we steam them mm-hmm. and he pickles the stems. And, like, we know, it's just doing, it's respecting what we get. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of other restaurants here that use somewhat some of the same ingredients, but it's, it's, not a, it's a different style of cooking. Yeah. And Absolutely. just... Yeah, keeping it clean. And so then you've been doing rugs. You still sell, you have your business, Cool She. Yeah, still doing Mm -hmm. that, yeah. Okay, and that's obviously played a part in your love of interior design and what you've created here. I think I got into that more, I mean, I think I've always loved interior design. Um, I, when I first moved here back in 2005, I think it was 2006, I had a very good friend of mine, Amanda Marnie, who's a stylist in Sydney Mm -hmm. and a a decorator. And she was um, working with a lot of international magazines in Australia, styling photo, like interior shoots. She worked with um, a great photographer, Gela Bouloukou from France. And they came down here. Amanda flew from Sydney and Gail flew from France to do some shoots here, mm-hmm. um, interior interiors. Mm-hmm. And we had our caftan business at that time and they were shooting a rear. They said, let's throw you in the rear, pretend you live here and do a little story on you with it. And I got to meet Gail, and Gail at that time was working with another woman here who was scouting for houses to shoot for Maison de Maroc. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so I met Gail, and Gail said, oh, you're a great eye. Would you, would you be interested in doing scouting and styling with me? Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I've never done it before. So I started, I travelled around the country a lot. I went up to Tangier because we did a big story for Maison de Maroc on houses up there, and, if, if we found any really cool sort of more modern homes with a bit of a Moroccan twist, mm-hmm. um, we worked really hard on styling it and we sold it internationally into other magazines. So that's where I really, I learned more about interiors then and also that's when I started learning about Moroccan rugs because we're always doing the shoots in Marrakesh and we needed props and style, mm-hmm. you know, styling props like rugs and I'd go to Sunderland and borrow blankets and crockery and, mm-hmm. and um, that's when I started learning about rugs. I'd always go to the, you know, the guys in the sook and say, can I borrow this for a photo shoot and I'll, mm-hmm. you know, um, credit you on page, da, 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 da. Yeah. And then I started learning more about them and then, yeah, that's, that's where that all came from. And, and more of love for interiors. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of how Morocco works though, isn't it? You develop a and passion weird, and right? then it's like, it just keeps going it's and then eventually another, you're, yeah, yeah, a business. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and, and I've helped a lot of people with their homes and just, doing a bit of interior, I mean, interior decoration here and there. And that's when I've met some great carpenters and, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 you just sort of weed out the best ones. And, yeah. you know, I've got a great little list of carpenters and handymen now and mm-hmm. upholsterers and... So that yeah. would have been super helpful for oh one God, creating this. Like the uh-huh. best. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, yeah. I couldn't have done it without them. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. Huh. But Interesting. Challenging but good. I think it's always good because I think we're the type of people that if we weren't challenged, we would be bored and we'd be out of here. Oh yeah, I've got to. I just you got to be intrigued and inspired. I have and, to, and mm-hmm. I think this is a place. Someone said, "How did this guy came in for lunch today?" I used to live with him. Um, it was a flatmate of mine 
in New York in the 1980s. I haven't seen him since 1980. Oh, my God. And he's Moroccan. Noradine, Nori. I said, why have you been here? Like, what has kept you? Because, you know, he lives, he's yeah. lived in America for the past 40 years. Mm-hmm. And I just said, it's, it, you're just continually inspired. There's mm-hmm. always something, you just, you just create, to be, cre- to be creative here and just, there's just so many doors that can open for you here, I think. Exactly. If, you, if you're the type that can spot opportunity, um, you're creative, it's just endless here. Totally. You've got to, you're almost become your own worst enemy because you've got too many ideas exactly, and exactly. Yeah. not enough just, time. You know, your brain is just ticking all the time. <laughs> like, oh, exactly. I should be doing that, I should do that, no, I'm going to do that. So, it is, and, and, you, and you sit down with people here, friends for dinner party, and you're talking about a new business or mm-hmm. what can we do and this and that. I mean, it's always creative. And, yeah. um, you know, whereas I had dinners, when, when I used to be in the restaurant business in Australia and I'd overhear conversations at tables, it's always about real estate and yeah. What I bought, I went and saw this property yeah. today, or I saw this TV show, and you know I haven't had a TV for 20, 30 years. Me either. Just exactly. I, mean, I can watch my little programs on Netflix if mm-hmm. I wanted, but it doesn't sort of dominate your life like that. And like the real estate market and this, you know, just like yeah, we're here for a life, not a. Right. This is what I have. This is what I did. This is what I own. Yeah. It just um, seems so boring to me. It is. I remember having I this just, like conversation when I was in Canada. I was there just recently, and somebody was like, "Oh, whole, yeah. how." Like, if you're not making six figures, then you're nothing. And, like, I don't even tell people what you make. And you're like... No, but people don't even want to know. They just, they just assume... It's irrelevant to who you are and yeah, what your cares? identity. You know what I mean? Exactly. Whereas there, I think, in the Western world, that is your identity. It's yeah. That you put so much on that, like, the commercial, the status, society status of house, car, family, kids. And, and it's no, about exactly. what ideas yeah. are coming exactly. forward. Yeah, so. totally, yeah, totally right. Uh-huh. More, I don't know. I mean, just... Enriching. Exactly. If all this chat about travel and exploring Morocco has left you inspired to visit, but you're not sure where to start with planning your holiday, I cannot recommend the services of my friend Chris Martinus from Sun Trails enough. His in-depth knowledge of Morocco is mind-blowing. His passion for this kingdom is inspiring. And the trip he planned for my sister and I back in 2016 left me amazed at what's out there to explore in Morocco. Get in touch via my podcast and I'll happily connect you so you too can experience an off the beaten track trip. With all that you have going on, a restaurant, a carpet business, styling, all that, what does your typical day look like in Marrakesh? Oh, at the moment it's it's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's been here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just training the staff, being on top of that. Um, now I've... Um, I mean, I ran away to New York and Miami just recently. I just left. Mm-hmm. I just had to get away. So mm-hmm. I just told the waiters, you know, I left it in their hands. And they did a great mm-hmm. job. Yeah. There's one in particular who I had sort of picked out to help me, mm-hmm. you know, do the door reception, a bit of money and things like that. But um, they've all been, I've really been blown away by their, their respect and loyalty and eagerness mm-hmm. to learn. And... Um, yeah, I just and I, what, what did I? I think I saw it was something Denzel Washington on a video the other day, and he said, "You know, sometimes you put on this earth, not like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ruin it." But I, I, what I got from it, it was just maybe this isn't about me and doing this restaurant. It's about me, what I can teach other people mm-hmm. and make their life richer. Do you know what I mean? Like I love not, that. Mm-hmm. It's you know you, you get caught up in. This restaurant's, you know, Sebastian and me and making money. But, you know, maybe I'm here to do this to enrich these guys' life and to train them and to teach them something new and mm-hmm. for them to go off and better their lives. So I don't know. There was something. It's and not just what 
what we see is that simple visual of what I think I'm achieving exactly. here. It's something else. I'm giving. I want to give to these people who've just been amazing, amazing. to me. You know, just totally. give back. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're getting from it. Is you're just getting such a yeah reward. Absolutely. No, mm-hmm. like one of the waiters today. I mean, he came. He went and bought us. Well, bought me a bottle of wine to thank me for the lunch. I was like, oh, that's so sweet, but it's not what, I mean, it's incredibly generous, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, I, this is benefiting me as well in the business, and this is mm-hmm. something, it's part of your training. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, because I've worked in many places and no one has ever given us that, like no one. So, so I mean, I, you know, and I did find, mm-hmm. I, I think the one thing I will walk away from my life if I ever, if or whenever I do live here, it's just been the most incredibly humbling experience. I mean, yes. I've learned to live with so little needs and wants and it's just it's it's the people here the people have enriched my life and taught me so much Mm -hmm. I completely agree yeah it's been so rewarding yeah so you've been here for 13 years in Marrakesh but what keeps you here I don't don't know where to go next (laughs) I, I, I think I'm getting to the point where I don't know I the older I get um I really find pulling, tugging, going back to um, the ocean, being mm-hmm. near, the, near the sea. I yeah. really, that's why when I, my birthday just recently, I had to get, I had to find that salt water. And the closest mm-hmm. I could get to was like Miami where it's still warm. Um, I don't know, I've got a real hankering to get back. And I don't know if Sydney's where it is. I don't know if I go try somewhere in Mexico. I don't know, I, I, I think, I mean, I still do love it here. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I go into the Medina quite frequently still for the rug business. I'm still blown away, yeah, you know, by, I don't know, it just, it's the that street old world life. charm. Yeah. I still get that, that medieval element to it. And it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, no, I just, there's, it still captivates me. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'm coming close to maybe mm-hmm. finding somewhere else yeah. to go. But I don't know where that is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, getting out of here. Like, I mean, when I was in New York just recently, just just the ease of things too, right? And that comfort. You know, just yeah. the comfort. you want to go and buy something or you want to order something, it's like, yeah. it's just that. But, mm-hmm. the, but, then, but then what, I mean, I could be there for two weeks or back in Sydney and it's like, but they just, but that quality of life, I mean, it's so appealing when you first get there. Mm-hmm. And then after two, three weeks, just like, oh, yeah, I don't know. It hasn't got a soul yeah. to it. It's like this commercial... Well, like you said about the overhear conversations at the dinner table, and it's yeah, just like it's what just I bought. Shallow, the real, yeah, it's yeah. very shallow. Whereas yeah. here, it's very enriching yeah. conversations. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to connect with those people more back in Australia if I go back. You know, have to exactly. And so, what tips do you have for um, other entrepreneurs thinking of coming to Morocco? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, I'd say do it. Um, yeah. To me, it's not that difficult. Mm-hmm. I just, you just got to have the right, you just got to be open-minded mm-hmm. and have the right attitude and have respect for the people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I've never, yeah, just respect for the people. Mm-hmm. And, I don't, yeah, I just, I think it's pretty easy here. I really it do. Is. Yeah. I mean, there are the challenges, but I, but I, I find it really, the rewards that outweigh everything, mm-hmm. you know, just... Exactly. And you've got to find bad people everywhere, but the people here are just... Yeah, you find that you find either some good people here. Absolutely, 100%. But the opportunities here just... I mean, you've got to be prepared for... 
the difficulty with getting liquor license and yeah. it's rewarding. The lifestyle, I mean, yeah. I think it absolutely, I think the people are what really keep the people that I get to work with and meet. Yeah. They're just so... And they're incredibly yeah. grateful for mm-hmm. the time we spend with them and what we mm-hmm. give back to them as well. But yeah. it's all reciprocated, it's all... Um, and I feel like once you meet some great people, they really care about you in oh, ways yeah. that yeah. nobody seems to really care so much about their boss or, yeah. like, back home. Yeah. You know, I get little messages. One of my guides that I work with, he, he had a baby, a little baby girl, and he sent me a photo of, like, him and his baby, like, with a sheet when they were doing the... Oh, the, um, Lie, no? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, um, no, for her baptism. Oh, her baptism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leah was ages ago. Yeah. And I was like, how sweet that they thought of me to send me like little photos of their yeah, children. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, but yeah. I think once you care for them and respect them, mm-hmm. they're going to give it back to you tenfold. It's like this, oh, hundred yeah, percent. It's mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I don't think I don't think yeah, entrepreneurs coming here just do it. Oh, yeah. There's challenges everywhere. That's what I think. Like the insurance policy I just had to take out in Canada is like. Thousands. Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes think it's really like, difficult here, but then I hear other people say, oh, I had to do this in Australia, this in Sydney, and New York was like this. I'm like, so really, isn't that? It's not. Like, there's just different is, challenges. Really, exactly, exactly. And sometimes it's, it's harder in these other places. I mean. Well, and I think there's, as much as we talk about challenges, I think there's like loads of opportunities as well that we don't have oh, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. like loads of restrictions, in, at least in North America, you know, like insurances and yeah, things that like are like life. really prohibitive and whatnot that. Yeah, that's really hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a challenge, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, here I'm amazed at how. So when you start, when you get your alcohol license, oh, I know this <laughs> this alcohol license we've yes, been talking about forever. Yes. Will you serve Moroccan wine or Australian wine? We'll do a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll do. It's what's very hard to get good Australian wine here. We're trying to work with the Australian embassy now mm-hmm. to see what they, if they can help us with that. Um, but we will. We're not going to have a, a massive wine list. Um, we're going to try and keep it quite tight and mm-hmm. diverse. Um, we'll have a Moroccan, but we've got a couple of Italian options, um, French, mm-hmm. and if we can get if we can get some good Australian, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, cocktails. Cocktails are kind of your thing, aren't they? I like doing cocktails. I like doing mm-hmm. really, I, you know, playing around with really fresh ingredients and doing like some, you know, like a nice rosemary syrup or something. Or we, you know, I want to do some. Yeah, interesting flavors. Interesting, mm-hmm. you know, using a lot of the fresh produce we get and incorporating that into syrups or into mm-hmm. like some sort of spice things. We can mix it up with some fresh juices. Yeah. Because at the moment you're serving non-alcoholic cocktails. We have yeah, we have a couple of non-alcoholic drinks, and they're yes. all based on what's in season, right? Or well, yeah, we've got the moment we've got the pomegranate, sort of a pom- fresh pomegranate juice spritz drink we do. Um, mm-hmm. We also do a fresh ginger iced tea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, and the pomegranates are going out since so we're looking at doing like a rosemary syrup mandarin drink yeah. maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to work with, yeah, fresh produce, local, I mean, um, in-season okay. produce. Yeah. And what are some of the items that are going to, you change your menu quite frequently. Um, we want to change it more frequently. Once we get the liquor license, we're going to really build up the dinner menu more because that's going to, the dinner menu really is designed more for that sharing, family style, laid back. I mean, in Australia, we're just very relaxed, laid back, chill, glass of wine, sharing little plates. Um, so we will build on that menu for dinner. And it will change quite frequently for seasonal mm-hmm. produce. Um, Andrew wants to change the menu frequently now, being more like nearly every day he wants to change, but we haven't got the staff at that level yet. Um, so we 
We'll get there. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we're going to get But what are some of the staples that will stay on the menu? Oh. Gosh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a few favorites on there at the moment that Andrew wants to take off. Maybe you can't take. Um, a lot of people love the lamb ribs. Mm-hmm. They're on our dinner menu at the moment. Um, the whitefish crudo, which is a raw white fish with a sesame, um, soy, olive oil dressing. Also, the steak sandwich for lunch. I love that steak sandwich. He uh-huh. wants to take that off. No. No, 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 no. I know. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, what else for lunch? The chicken salad for lunch. Um, I have a few, I've got to think of the menu. Um, You're not taking the lamingtons off, are you? No, the lamingtons will stay. Okay, good. Yes, the lamingtons good. will stay. It's just they're, they're, so Australian. We, we, we did those as a little joke, actually, and then we had them up on the bar here one day, and everyone was like, oh, what are those? I mean, they're so uh-huh. intrigued. Yeah. And then they've just been this huge hit. And so Australia Day is on the 26th it's of on the 26th. January. Yeah. Are you going to do anything for We were thinking about maybe doing... Um, uh, like a homemade meat pie, like really beautiful beef, mm-hmm. and like you know, a homemade pastry meat pie. And we were thinking about sausage rolls, <gasps> a pavlova maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We've got to think about that more. Yeah. But That's know, next really, weekend. What is really Australian? Yeah, it is next week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is next weekend. Wow. Oh, I've got to speak to Andrew. Yeah, it is next weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll do... I don't want people to get like some Vegemite. <laughs> Do something with Vegemite. I don't know. Um, but Pavlova and the Lamingtons definitely. And then yes. a meat pie and something maybe. Yum. Do something okay. else. I'll have to make a note come to plus I mean, A good meat pie. But can you please, please, please start doing breakfast? We did do breakfast for a couple of, like, a couple of Sundays during, um, for Christmas. We weren't here. No. But no one really came. And then we had the eggs and everything on there. No one ordered the eggs. They had other stuff. Oh, how annoying. Yeah. Oh. You know, we, we might do like a brunch once a month, like the first Sunday of every month or something. Cool. And just, you know, and then we'll, yeah. then we can, yeah. <laughs> but he, he did pancakes, he did the hot cakes and stuff. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. We had all that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I missed it. I was in Canada, sitting by we'll the fire. We'll do it, maybe once a, maybe once a, yeah, one, one Sunday a month. You know, it'd be I amazing. need a day off. Man, I know. <laughs> So what do you do on your one day off? I usually go and do the rug business. Oh. <laughs> like tomorrow, actually, we're going to go into um, the Sook. I've got a list of all um, Riyads I want to go and introduce us to with mm-hmm. business cards. So we'll do mm-hmm. that tomorrow and have some lunch in there. Mm-hmm. I'll take him to go to the little Mishwi place near the Olives. He's never had the Mishwi yeah. in there. Mm. I was there It's pretty unpretentious. We don't want to be exactly. pretentious here. Or, no. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I love about it. That's what the thing with the staff, they've got to make it, they've got to be professional but fun, like mm-hmm. laid back. Yeah. I can't, like, they've got to do the job, the job properly but not be too Because the profile yeah, of the traveler in Marrakesh is changing, I think, from when I first came here eight years ago. Like, it's a much more laid back but well-traveled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Visitor. I agree. And we get a lot of those people in here. I mean, they actually, mm-hmm. a lot of them come here, they're here for 10 days and they've been here three, four times. Wow. And so sometimes they come in for lunch and they come back for dinner. Amazing. <laughs> so the lunch and dinner menus are different. They are different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, I, that's, I really wanted to do that. I mean, lunch is more about salads and, you know, I mean, sharing appetizer, but not make, make maybe they, everyone has their own main dish. But they mm-hmm. still can share. But I, dinner, I really want it to be, the small plates would be like maybe 10 or 12 small plates. And then you can have like more four big plates. But I want it more like really sharing and we're mm-hmm. going to really, that's, that's going to be a next step training with these guys to show them it's going to be very different to what we're doing now. 
Okay. I think once we have alcohol, it's going to be yeah, yeah, a, a very different style of dining in here. I want to push that. Yeah, and that's a lot of education on with the staff, but also the the clients trying to. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people out there who don't like to share, so mm-hmm. you know, I get that. But um, yeah, just I mean, to me, I just find it so much. I mean, you just get to taste so many more things, and mm-hmm. no, it's just you don't have to be so like you don't have to just pick that one thing like yeah exactly mm-hmm. you just taste them there's none of that yeah. food envy going on because someone else is like, exactly no I can just all share and yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. much nicer I think it is it's much nicer yeah. thank you thank you thank oh, yeah, you Andy. I hope that it wasn't like yeah, no, I guess scary and annoying words, I get stuck for words I don't no, no it was no, absolutely no. fine if you're a fan of getting off the tourist trail and planning to be in Marrakesh join us for one of our tasting Marrakesh food and cultural tours on our Tasting Marrakesh Gilles tour, where Plus 61 is located, we explore some of the 20th century architecture in Marrakesh, stop at some of our favorite art galleries housed in Art Deco gems, wander through parks and religious buildings that surprise visitors who dare to venture beyond the Marrakesh Medina. And with some of our favorite buildings disappearing before our eyes, now is the time to experience the new city. We chat history, eat street food, and shop. You know, some of our favorite things. But don't just take it from us. Condé Nast Traveler recently included this tour on its roundup of 10 cool things to do in Marrakesh. Our website is tasting-marrakesh.com for more details. That's Marrakesh with a C-H. All of our tours are private and bespoke, so we take you only to the places that interest you. But for now, it's time to say see you next time, as I'm off to the Sahara Desert to capture the content for the next episode of Wine Home.